There was always someone in control directing operations and supplying advice, guiding those on the ground. So in Kung Fu Panda, this is going to impress the kids now. In Kung Fu Panda, there were the five, weren't there? There was the tigress, the monkey, the mantis, and the viper, and the, viper and the crane, and of course, Poe. And they were always guided by Master Shifu. And then in Thunderbirds, more my age, more my time, Scott, Virgil, Gordon, and Alan, and John, no, Scott, Virgil, Gordon, and Alan have John up in space in Thunderbird 3, guiding them, telling them where to go and what to do, but not being on the ground with them. And then in the Lego stuff, which I'm not a big fan of, but I'm told the kids like it, in the Lego stuff, Lloyd, Cole, Jay, Kane, Kaya, and Naya have Master Wu who guides them. So each of them do the work on the ground, but they have guidance from above. And that, if you like, is very much what was happening. And as you saw as we walked around the church, the children that were Mary and Joseph, all the guidance was coming, and it comes to our Christmas story, from above, via angels. God is the planner, and the angels make things happen. The angels carry God's messages. And you may also compare and read into that the Holy Spirit also equips and helps us as we go through our life's journeys. The thing is for most of us, most of our life journeys are um, fairly controlled. We, most of you will know when you go back to work or whatever you do to, um, as the week unfolds, you know what you're doing. Some of us have to make little decisions, sometimes big decisions. So I want to share a story now where I believe that Jane and I were guided by people or angels as people. Some of you may have heard this many years ago on old Alpha courses, but um, I want to share it now because it's my most fitting connection. So it happened, I'm guessing, 20 years ago, yes, and um, Jane's father was taken ill on an aeroplane and he had to be um, taken then on an air ambulance and was landed in Brussels, in a little, near Brussels, well in Belgium anyway, in a town called Liège. And we had a message there, they'd both been on holiday, Jane's mum and dad, she continued home, he was stuck there in Liège in Belgium, and we were told he probably wouldn't make, uh, make it back into England, he, he had not got long to live. And so we spoke, um, Jane and I, and Jane's sister and Jane's mum, um, we spoke uh, the night before and we thought that if he was going to die in Belgium, there needed to be one of us who was there with him. So I prayed about it and Jane prayed about it. And, we, and basically the prayer was, Lord, if it's your will, make it happen. So we rang up various airlines and there was a flight the next day and we booked on it and three hours after deciding to do it, we were on the plane. And we set off for Brussels, having got no idea what to do, because we'd never travelled abroad very much before. I had to go to the currency place and say, what on earth do they use as currency in Belgium? Because I've got no idea. And then when we got there, we thought we would just simply take a bus or a taxi to Liège, but it's quite away from Belgium, from, from Brussels to Liège. So we took the train, had no idea sort of really where we were going, because we did not speak any French, or very little at this point or Flemish, we got on the train, we managed to work out from the signs 
that at one point half the train went to Liège and the other half went, I think, to Ghent. We weren't sure if we were on the right bit. I asked the guard, but he really didn't understand the questions. Um, so walking back, feeling very worried, I thought, well, the most likely person to speak English would be somebody young. And there's this young girl, a student, and I spoke to her and she says, yes, I speak English. I says, can you find out if we're on the right train? So she went and asked the guard and the guard said, yeah, we're on the right train that's going to Liège. So I've sat back down with Jane. One thing Jane told me afterwards, on the whole of that two-hour journey, worrying about her father, every time the worries built up in her mind, she'd look out the window and there would be a church spire. And so she knew that God was with us. It's fairly flat in Belgium, so you can see a long way. <laughs> there would be a church, but she knew. And that was a sign that God was with us, to her anyway. Anyway, we arrive at Liège, not quite sure how we're going to find this hospital. We get up from our seats, and the same girl comes back that I'd talked to before, and she said, follow me. And she took us out of the train, up onto the top area, um, took us to the taxi rank, told the taxi where we were going, put us in the taxi, and then I think we, we, saw, we thanked her and then we just turned around and she disappeared. So off we went to the hospital and when we got to the hospital there was Jane's dad and he had got quite a bit better. It took a while to find the ward because nobody in the hospital spoke English but actually there was one nurse looking after him who did speak English and he really liked practicing his English. So we were like, he was really spent a lot of time in the room, helped us, she told us exactly what was wrong with Jane's father and he probably had recovered enough he might in a few days be able to fly home. So then while Jane was with her father I went off to find accommodation but it was the Maybank holiday and it was a massive big holiday in Liège. They had big mayor's parades and I was really wandering around, ran near the hospital, couldn't find anywhere, went back to the hospital and Jane said, it's, um, it's all sorted. The nurse knew, because Jane had shared that we needed somewhere to stay for a few days and visit Gerald again. So this, this nurse had gone into a little office. He says, I'll book you a hotel near the station, book you a taxi, I'll print it off a map, and I'll print it off a thing with a bus timetable, so the other days you can come up here on the bus. And Jane said, that's amazing. And he replied, don't they do that in the hospitals in your country? Um, sorry, feel very ashamed. And so the whole time was blessed and we really felt that God and his angels were guiding us. Gerald was well enough to come home, so we flew home the same day. We arrived back at Birmingham Airport. Hadn't really planned ahead how we we're going to get to the airport to home, assume we book a taxi. Standing on the carousel waiting for our... Um, not standing on the carousel, we'd have fell off. Standing near the carousel, waiting for the suitcases, and as we stood there, um, on the next one, amazingly, were Hugh and Elizabeth. They'd been on holiday, and their plane had been, we didn't even know they were on holiday, and their plane had been delayed two hours, so that they were standing there right next to us, and they'd arranged a lift, somebody's four by four, to take them home, and so we just got into it. Every single bit of that journey was planned by God. And I actually believe that there was quite a few angels involved. So a lot of, um, that's just one little story.
but we did felt surrounded by angels mostly in human form. So now my question is, what about you? Are you willing to submit to God's plans? To be like Mary and say, Lord, if it's your will, then I'll do it. Maybe we don't need his guidance just for the odd daily things, but there's lots of times in our lives when we do need his guidance, and we need to pray, and we need to trust, and we need to submit. When we don't always know why, when that silly little Lego girl had got no idea what she'd been trained for, but it was for some silly Lego battle, but basically she had to be prepared for it. And the same way with dear old Poe, the fat panda who became the... Um, what was he, the master or whatever it was. He was the one who defeated the bad guy anyway. Um, he was being trained for that, but in a very different way. And in our lives, there'll be times of training, but there'll also be times when we have to follow God's guidance, even if we've got no idea where he's taking us or why. Because he does have a perfect plan for our lives. So I suppose what I want to conclude with is just by saying... Our prayer should never be, Lord, make my plans happen. But it should be more like Mary's. If it's thy will, Lord, then let it be. And nowhere you notice in that journey does Joseph say to the angel, well, maybe I'll go there, I'll just see what the satnav says. No, Joseph simply obeys the guidance. And because Joseph and Mary obey God, the Christ child is saved, saved from that terrible destruction of children at Bethlehem and saved from many, so many other things. Because God is up there orchestrating perfection, orchestrating international rescue. I put the clip on because it was about the guy in space, John, who I keep always forgetting. But actually, no. What Christmas story is all about is the greatest international rescue ever. God sending his son into this world to rescue us for all the stuff that we do wrong. Amen. So now